Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and the Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, commander, and anything else that I want to as I try and navigate this crazy world. I do apologize for how my voice sounds, uh, just due to how much I've been working and uh, stress levels. Uh, my voice is a little strained, and... We're just going to get through this, alright? Now, today I wanted to do a little theory crafting. Because, well, A, I've been building a couple of decks, and B, I played my Tassiger deck the other day, and one of the first lands that I played was Yavimaya Cradle of Growth. And it got me thinking, why... Couldn't we have a full cycle for the Urborg uh, Tomb of Yogmoth type lands and also Cabal Coffers? So I kind of sat down and I was just like, what are some notable locations throughout the different planes that could theoretically become these uh, cards, essentially. Uh, so I started with just going over the, the black, because we already have them. We have Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth, which is all lands or swamps in addition to their other types, and Cabal Coffers, which is pay to and tap it, add black to your mana pool for each swamp you control. Now... In green, we have Yavimaya Cradle of Growth, which is the Urborg for green. It's Each land is a forest in addition to its other types. And this is where the theory crafting starts. So, my proposal for the green Cabal Coffers would be Balaged Conservatory. So, it would enter untapped. You could pay two and tap it to add green deer mana pool equal to the number of forests you control. Balaged was a forested area of Zendikar that was decimated by the Eldrazi. And I, I like to think that this card could show up later, showing how Zendikar is rebuilding after the Eldrazi. Because let's be honest, uh, Zendikar Rising didn't, really do that for me because the main conflict was, you know, Nahiri and her stuff. Regardless, we're going to move into red. And keeping up with the Zendikar theme from the last one, I propose Velikut the Indomitable. And that would just be all lands are mountains in addition to their other types. And much like Balagad, uh, Velikut is a volcano featured on Zendikar, and its predecessor was a non-legendary uh, card, Velikut the Molten Pinnacle, and it just, one, it's one of those named land should be legendary, and I think it's a good candidate for the Urborg-style lands. And then for the coffer style in red, 
I put down Shinka Warlord's Fortress, which again, tap two, tap it, add red for each mountain you control. Shinka, the Bloodsoaked Keep, was a legendary land on Kamigawa that you could pay red and give a legendary creature first drink. And it's one of the many legendary lands that was not readdressed with our current visit to Kamigawa. And, yeah, it's just... I think it would be nice to see... Clearly, it would have to be in, like, supplemental products for this stuff to see, like, snippets of the multiverse. But I digress. Uh, next, I'm going to move into blue. Now, I struggled picking where I would set the um, Urborg-style land for blue. Uh, but as I was thinking about it, uh, I kept circling back to Tolarian Academy. Now, the original Tolarian Academy, very strong, very uh, old... And it tapped to add blue for each artifact you controlled. So the land I came up with was Tolarian Laboratory. And again, this would be all lands you control are islands in addition to their other types. And mainly because the Tolarian Academy has not been around since Urza's block. So this would be a good look back, and I know we have a um, a set towards the end of the year that's going to be taking a look back, and I know whatever is in that set is probably way past the the stages where it would be feasible for this card to show up. I'm just saying it is possible because we are taking the time to look back. So it could happen. And then for the coffer-style land, I looked back at Kamigawa and found Minamo, School at Water's Edge. That allowed you to pay a blue and tap it to untap legendary creatures. So I thought uh, Minamo, the Enduring School, because, well, hopefully it's still around. I'm not entirely sure on the lore. But, again, it would be the pay to and tap it to add blue for each island you control. And it's also missing from our current jaunt through Kamigawa. Alright, next, uh, and, well, last, uh, I have the white versions and I, I when I tell you I struggled to think of where I would want the uh, Urborg style land until I thought about a place in Innistrad that has at least some affinity for white and I came up with Gavany now uh, Gavany Township, uh, back in original Innistrad, was a land that you could pay 
uh, two green white to put a counter on all your creatures. I I understand that's a green white land, but I stretched my definition here. So so I have Gavney Beacon of Civilization, and again all lands are planes in addition to other types. And then when I was thinking about the coffers style white land, I I kept kind of going back to like Sarah's realm, but I didn't really want to do that. Uh, so instead, I thought about uh, land that's banned in Commander. I was thinking about Caracas. Now, the original Caracas, very old, banned in Commander, because you can use it to bounce legendary creatures. You can see why that would be a problem. So, my... Coffer style would be called Caracas Civilization's Masterpiece. And again, pay two, tap it, add white for each planes you control. That's, yeah, that's... I think it would be nice to be able to actually, you know, play a version of Caracas in Commander. And, yeah. Now, I did think about expanding this into colorless and for now I don't think I'm going to mainly because colorless is not like a quote unquote natural state like color colorless like true colorless lands come from being processed by the Eldrazi and I just I don't really see that happening anytime soon, you know, until they have to free Emmercool from the moon to fight the Phyrexians. Yeah, that's a uh, theory crafting with Andy, and I'll see you when we get back from our little mid-roll break to talk about a new deck I put together. Hey, I just want to take a minute to tell you about my Patreon. I know times are hard for everybody, and I know it isn't easy to shuffle around bills and stuff. Believe me, I know that. But if you would like to help support the podcast and me, you can find the links to my Patreon in my link tree, which is always put into the description of either the video or the audio, wherever you're listening to it. It would really mean the world to me. Honestly, I'm just struggling to make ends meet most weeks. But that's it. That's all. If you want to help, the links will be where you can find them. And we're back. Now, the other day, I was listening to the MTG and Quarantine podcast. And they were doing a lightning build with MTG6 otherwise known as Justin. And his lightning build was Karavik the Spiteful. And I had been throwing around the idea for a new mono black deck, and so I started throwing stuff together for it. So Karavik the Spiteful is 2 black black for a 3-2 human warlock that just says other creatures get minus 1, minus 1. 
Now, my redundant uh, effect to my commander is Knight of Souls Betrayal. Two black black for a legendary enchantment that says all creatures get minus one, minus one. And that was kind of where I started building the deck. So my first thought was, uh, if I'm going to do mono black, I kind of want to do the mono black uh, ramp package, if, if you can call it that. Uh, in this case, that means my uh, land ramp package and then a few creatures and stuff. Let's start with the lands because they're uh, the easiest and what most people are going to expect. It starts with Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth, and Cabal Coffers. So Urborg is each land is a swamp in addition to its other types. And again, Cabal Coffers to tap, add black for each swamp you control. Fairly straightforward. Uh, after that, we have Nykthos, Shrine of Nyx. Legendary land, tap, add one to your mana pool. Two and tap, choose a color, add your mana pool and amount of mana of that equal to your devotion to that color. In our case, it will always be black. Then we have our Deserted Temple. It's uh, land, enters untapped. You can tap it to add a colorless, or you can pay one and tap it to untap a land. And then in this deck, since it is such a uh, high CMC, sorry, high mana value... Uh, I am running the uh, Urza lands. So I have Urza's Tower, Urza's Power Plant, and Urza's Mine. They each tap for a colorless, but if you control all three, the Tower taps for three colorless, and then the Power Plant and the Mine each tap for two colorless. For those good at math, that means we have Karn mana. In other words, seven. It makes seven mana if we have all three. But I didn't want to stop there, because this is, again, very mana-hungry deck. So we've got Magus of the Coffers, four and a black for a 4-4 human wizard with, well, Cabal Coffers text. You pay two, tap it, and add black to your mana pool for each swamp you control. Uh, Cryptgast, three and a black for a 2-2 spirit with Extort. And whenever you tap a swamp for mana, you add black to your mana pool. And then the Cryptgast Solar Sister, Nakana Revenant, 4 black black for a 4-4 four four Vampire Shade. Whenever you tap a Swamp for mana, add an additional black. And you can pay a black to give Nakana Revenant plus 1 plus 1 to end a turn. And finally, this is going to be a deck that wants to sacrifice a lot of our own stuff and make our opponent sacrifice stuff. So we are running Black Market. 3 black black for an enchantment that says whenever a creature dies, put a charge counter on it. And at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you add black to your mana pool for each charge counter on black market. And thus, there is our ramp package. Now, I did mention that a lot of what this deck wants to do is going to be uh, either sacrificing our own stuff or making other people sacrifice their stuff. Uh, to that, our main win conditions are going to be uh, draining our opponents. So, Sir Conrad the Grim, 3 black black for a 5-4 human knight. Whenever another creature dies or a creature is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield, 
or a creature card leaves your graveyard, because we can do that too, he deals one damage to each opponent, and you can pay one in a black to have each opponent mill to uh, their graveyard. Vindif Vindictive Vampire is three and a black for a 2-3 vampire. Whenever another creature you control dies, Vindictive... God, I am struggling with words today. Vampire deals one damage to each opponent, and you gain one life. Now, on a, a reasonable uh, point here, I'm running Vindictive Vampire. I am not running uh, Zulaport Cutthroat or... Any anything that doesn't have at least two toughness <laughs> for reasons. Uh, we have Bantu's Monument, three mana legendary artifact, black creature spells cost one less to cast, and whenever you cast a creature spell, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Bastion of Remembrance is two and a black for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you make a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token that most times is just going to die. And whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then we have the Meat Hook Massacre. X black black for a legendary enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, each creature gets minus X minus X till end of turn. And whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. And whenever a creature an opponent control dies, you gain one life. So it's going to be like a good old drain and gain style deck that just wants to do some fun stuff with, uh, yeah, with the, the graveyard and our opponent's graveyard and stuff. So we want to make sure that we constantly have cards in our hand. Uh, and we have... Three really good ways of doing that. The first one is Midnight Reaper. Two and a black for a 3-2 Zombie Knight. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, it deals one damage to you and you draw a card. Grimharu Specs is the same thing but without the damage. Uh, two and a black for a 3-2. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, draw a card. It also has more for a black. So you can pay 3 to play it face down as a 2-2 two -two and then morph it for its morph cost whenever. And then Harvester of Souls is the grown-up version. 4 black black for a 5-5 five five demon with death touch. Whenever another non-token creature uh, dies, you may draw a card. So that counts everybody. Yeah. Lots of fun playing with uh, our creatures dying. Which leads me into my next two cards. Uh, Dictate of Erebos is three black black for an enchantment with flash. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. And Grave Pact. One black black enchantment. Whenever a creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each other player sacrifices a creature. I understand these are not nice cards. This is not going to be a nice deck uh yeah so i want to get stuff into both of our graveyards and then i want to start using that stuff uh maliciously so we say so uh to aid that we have uh shieldred the whispering one five black black for a six six phyrexian praetor and yeah 
at the beginning of my upkeep, I reanimate a creature, and at the beginning of my opponent's upkeep, they sacrifice a creature. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Sepulchral Primordial, 5 black black for a 5-4 avatar with Intimidate, meaning it can only be blocked by uh, artifact creatures and or creatures that share color with it. When it enters the battlefield, for each opponent, you may put up to one target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Rakshasa Debaser is 4 black black for a 6-6 cat demon, and whenever it attacks, put target creature card from defending player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, and it has Encore for 6 black black. So you would pay that from your graveyard, you would make a token copy for each opponent, and then they gain haste, and at the end of your turn, you sacrifice them. So it would play into getting something back from them, getting to attack, and then my stuff still dying to trigger stuff. Yeah. Drana, the last blood chief, is 3 black black for a 4 4 vampire cleric with flying. Whenever Drana, the last blood chief, attacks, defending player chooses a non legendary creature card in your graveyard. You return that card to the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. The creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. The nicest thing here is there's no clause that says when it dies it's exiled. So, very nice. Yeah, and then uh, we just kind of get into... Uh, well, my, my little hidden commander dude... Uh, Demon Lord Belzenlock is 4 black black for a 6-6 Elder Demon with Flying and Trample. When he enters the battlefield, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card, then put that card into your hand. If the card's converted mana cost is 4 or greater, repeat this process. Demon Lord Belzenlock deals 1 damage to you for each card put into your hand this way. Right. So... A large majority of our deck is above 4 mana. I already said this is a very mana-hungry mana deck, and this is just going to be a great way to hopefully refill our hands. We do have some stuff that uh, that falls under, you know, the, the four-mana requirement, but eh. Getting one to three cards off of him is pretty good. But uh, we can't always uh, rely on just our little... Uh, gain and drains. So, fun stuff like Pontiff of Blight. Four black black for a 2-7 with extort. But it also gives other creatures you control extort. So, if you're just making a ton of mana and you don't have anything to do with it, you can cast one spell and extort like five times. Uh, Rival and Riches is one of our... Uh, Actually, I think it's our only other non-combat-based win condition that isn't drain and gain. Four and a black for an enchantment. Uh, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, create a treasure token with sack it, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control ten or more treasures, you win the game. And then finally, we have a good old Gary, uh, Grey Merchant of Asphodel. 3 black black for a 2-4 zombie. 
And when Gary enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, where X is your devotion to black. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. Yikes. Uh, then I just kind of want to round this out with, uh, not sure what to call this one. Uh, just, I like it. I'll have another, I guess. Uh, starting off, I have living end in here. I have living end because I don't have another rise of the dark realms. So for now, I'll keep this, uh, living end does not have a mana cost because you can suspend it. With three time counters for two black black. And then at the beginning of each upkeep you remove a time counter. When it goes off. Each player exiles all creature cards from their graveyard. Then sacrifices all the creatures they control. Then puts all cards they exiled this way onto the battlefield. I have several ways to sacrifice my board at instant speed. So... Chances are I'm going to uh, put this on the stack, sacrifice everything, and then, you know, my opponents might end up with, like, two or three things, and I might have 12 that I can then sacrifice again to do, you know, more draining gains. But I realized with uh, my very high mana cost, it would be good to have some cheap ways to keep things on the battlefield. So things like return to action, one in a black for an instant, uh, until end of turn, target creature gets plus one, plus zero in lifelink, and when it dies, return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Uh, Feign death uh, is a single black mana for an instant, until end of turn, target creature gains, when this creature dies, return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control with a plus one, plus one counter. Undying malice is a functional reprint of that. Single black, instant, till end of turn, target creature gains. When this creature dies, returning to the battlefield, tapped under its owner's control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then Malakir Rebirth is a single black for an instant. Choose target creature, you lose two life. Until end of turn, that creature gains. When this creature dies, return to the battlefield, tapped under its owner's control. And uh, it has the upside of being a land on the backside. Malakir Mire enters the battlefield, tapped, and taps for a black. Yeah, I can't wait to actually uh, play this deck, and I know people are going to hate it, but it's going to be fun. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. So, uh, you know, all the regular stuff, like if you enjoyed it, leave a like or a review and give it to, you know, the five star treatment or whatever. And yeah, I think I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. All of my links can be found in my link tree in the description below. I would like to thank Ian Foss and Cody Mulpey of the band The Crypt for allowing me to use music for my opening and ending, along with Nate and Erica Jacobs for making my original logo. And I would also like to thank Christina McNichol for creating my new logo. And I'll see you next time.